1: of the great artiste mace with the dollar sign for an S. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back.
2: oh my god, sorry, I just almost had a heart attack because I think I dropped my phone and there was a massive crack down the center of it. Oh no. But it was just my protective screen, thank God. Oh, you're, god. Fine. you're um, fine. But my protective screen is like not the correct size for this phone, so I thought it was going to be fucked up anyway welcome back to paranormal guys sorry <laughs> welcome
1: back it's our five-year anniversary i Woo! guess yeah
2: five year. well marie's five year. my three and a half year. but
1: you were there you were there in spirit uh, yeah sure
2: <laughs> we'll go with that
1: uh, you were always in my heart <laughs> yeah um,
2: um yeah and uh yeah i think it's been uh, probably a month since we've recorded a full mm-hmm. episode so yeah yeah just had a lot
1: of like thing after thing after thing go on but I Mm -hmm. think now with our like I'm sure everybody's heard we're changing our release date and I'm pretty sure with the new release date we're going to be able to make content regularly and we're not going to have to do re-releases as much as we were doing them in the past. Yeah
2: just knowing that we're recording this episode and I have four days to edit it is very... Very helpful, and it's yeah. over a weekend, and that helps a lot. So, hundred yes. percent, absolutely for sure. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna do horoscopes, we're gonna do stories, and we're gonna do um, fuck Mary Kills just like we used to, and yeah. always will probably. Um, yes. <laughs> we can skip over the the formalities and go straight into the content on this Let's one. Let's do it. Okay, okay cool. Going... Um, so. Do you want to read my horoscope first?
1: Yes, I've got it up right here. Are you ready? Today, you are likely to be working hard behind the scenes, perhaps preparing for a project for others to make public or coaching people for some kind of virtual performance. Oh, my God. You'll expend a lot of energy in the course of completing this chore, yet you'll probably feel it was all worth it. Don't expect to go home early, Leo. You'll probably go above and beyond the call of duty.
2: Okay, so that's dead on. So really? right now I've been working with my manager on a presentation for our CEO that's next, go, he's gonna be doing it next Friday or Saturday okay. um, for a big event called the Innovation Event. And it's literally a digital like walkthrough of our product, which is like 3D, 3D oh um, imagery and yeah. so like we were just working on the speaking like this, like the actual speaking outline and then the actual presentation part. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I went really above and beyond. Like I was just kind of like aiding in it but I do feel like it came together quite well and um, I, I, I hope that he's happy with it but I definitely was doing that. So wow. that's fucking weird
1: bang on today okay bang on bang on baby let's see if mine matches
2: okay um might be (laughs) oh my god (laughs) money that you've been earning for a long time may finally come your way today gemini but don't be surprised if you have to do a lot of running around in order to get it plans for future money making projects could come up although it's important to consider everything carefully and not jump in too quickly. This is an excellent time to learn a new money-making skill.
1: Okay, okay. I mean, the beginning, I -hmm. would say, sure. I had to, I guess I can talk about how I got a new job. We both Mm -hmm. got new jobs um, Mm -hmm. where I'm making considerably more money than my old job. Yep. And um, I did have to call my benefits provider today to advise them that I would be leaving and then I was like oh "Uh, what happens to my investments because I have like investments like workplace investments right and my pension yes and there's like quite a quite a chunk in my pension from when I worked there so yeah they were like you can either transfer it out and mm. like take it in cash or transfer it to a new pension plan. So mm-hmm. obviously the pension is gonna go to the new pension plan, but yeah, there is an RRSP there that has a good chunk of change in it as well. And I was like, ooh, that could we could be doing something with that instead. Because mm-hmm. we do we are thinking of some things that we might need. Um, mm. now that I'm going back to work. But anyway. Right. That was true. But huh. new money making
2: skills Not I Not really can't, skills, maybe just like Knowledge of how to get money.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stephen and I were discussing how like once I start this new job, like a few months in, we're going to go talk to my dad's financial planner and go get things in order. For I feel like I have to
2: go put like, I don't know, 10K down on my mortgage before interest rates go up in a week. Oh my God, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be insane. Yeah, I don't know if they'll allow me to put that down right before interest rates go up you know (laughs) I don't know side note there Uh, so yeah we're uh we're gonna do stories that we had planned for I think two weeks ago and Mm -hmm. we didn't get a chance to do them so here we are
1: yes so I'm gonna go first Mm -hmm. um and I'm gonna tell you the little story before before I go into the story I'm gonna tell you how I came to pick this little ditty so so Uh, when I accepted my new job, I realized I did not have as much time left on my maternity leave as I thought that I was going to have. Okay. Um, if I had gone back to my old job, I would have had like probably with all my vacation time till like January before I had to go back to work. Right. Um, so I was like, I just want to do things with my son. I want to go do the things that I said I was going to do when I was on that leave that I never did. So... One day, I drove out to Saint Catherine's to go buy your birthday gift, and then I, um, I was like, "Oh, I'm pretty close to Port Colborne, uh, where I was." So I remembered that I had seen a TikTok about this thing called the Sh- the Incredible Shrinking Mill, and it's like this massive building. You drive, but to- as you drive towards it it gets smaller and smaller instead of getting bigger because you're getting closer. It's a really weird optical illusion. It's weird. very strange. It was really cool to see. I, like, did the loop three times because wow. it was so cool. Um, but, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. If you look up the shrinking mill on TikTok, you'll see videos of it, and it's it's crazy. Um, so while I was doing this on, like, my second or third time, <laughs> I drove past this really old, creepy-looking cemetery. And I was like, I wonder if that place is haunted. It's the Niagara region. We have like tons of ghost stories, Mm -hmm. right? And sure enough, it's haunted. And it's a famous haunting. And so I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you the story about Hopkins' tomb, which I drove past three times that (laughs) day. So I got my... um, information from HamiltonParanormal.com, an article by George and Kathy Brady, and TorontoGhosts.org. So, in Port Colborne, Ontario, lies Oakwood Cemetery, and within its walls lies the well-kept but imposing mausoleum of Sam Hopkins. Sam Hopkins was born in Cork, Ireland on December 17th, 1822, and immigrated to Toronto in 1831 with his parents. When he was 16 years old, he signed up to join the army and was assigned to a gunboat in Niagara and was then assigned to the Man of War mines in Port Maitland on the Grand River. It was while he was stationed here when he met his first love, Joanne Jones, who he eventually married. Two years after the wedding, Sam welcomed his first son, Frederick. A year after this, they adopted a girl named Ida. Sam Hopkins was absolutely obsessed with getting rich. When gold fever broke out in California, Sam was overwhelmed with wanting to get rich quick. He met some men that were going to go to California and to see if they could strike it big. And he decided he was going to join them. So he leaves his family in Dunville, Ontario, which is like that's like a that is like a Punishable offense. Like you should be sent to jail for leaving your family in Dunville. Agreed. Agreed. To this day, it's in 1849, uh, and he made the trip by foot. It took them six months to get to California. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. He managed to work in the mines for a short period of time before he got really sick, and then he had to abandon his dream. After this, he traveled to San Francisco. It didn't say if he uh, went there by foot or not, where he, where he worked as a dock hand and then he worked on a steamboat and traveled to New York. By 1851, Sam had gone back to his family and that's when they decide to leave Dunville to take root in Port Colburn. Once they settle in, he opens up a tugboat business and he ends up making a lot of money. He was then able to branch into other business ventures, including the McNeil Hotel and the Imperial Bank on Main Street, where he had a ton of stocks and shareholdings. He also owned a building that was called the Hopkins Block, which was later known as Lewis Textiles. After a few years, he owned several residential wooded lots. There was always speculation if Sam came by some of his wealth and investments honestly, or if it was through dubious business practices. He also ended up getting into politics, and he became Reeve of his village. He was definitely a socialite, and he was known to be a prankster. After his wife Joanne passed away, he met another woman named Catherine Thomas, and they got married. The marriage was short-lived, and she took him for as much money as she possibly could after she left him. Good for her. After a long (laughs) illness, on October 12th in 1899, Sam Hopkins passed away. His last will and testament stated that his homestead of four acres would go to his sister and the sum of $10 a week would go to his son, Frederick. The caretaker of the cemetery was given $10 a year. It was further stipulated that 10 years after his death, his holdings would be sold and reinvested. The key to his tomb went to Texas with a woman named Lizzie Up the Groove, who was the no, daughter. that's not real. It, it, it so I I promise you it her is. That's Reddit name. Get ready because <laughs> That's okay. Hold on your hat. Hold on. Hold on to your hats there, kids. Um <laughs> Up the groove, okay. So, yes. So I wrote, the key to his tomb went to Texas with a woman named Lizzie Up the Groove, who was the daughter of Mary. This is a direct quote from the article that I got um, from George and Kathy Brady. Uh, And I was like, okay, hold on a second. Who is Mary? Who's Mary Up the Grove? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing pre pre-in this article about Mary. Yeah, it Mary. doesn't
2: say anything and then suddenly she's just there.
1: Sure. So I start Googling Mary up the groove. I'm like, okay, somebody's gotta have it. No, none of them have it. None of, none of it the articles it. It sounds like an alias to me. Okay, get ready because okay, the ready. only link <laughs> Are you ready for it?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat.
1: Now seems like a good time to insert an ad. So. <laughs> So it's a little early, but okay. I'm totally kidding. So, the yeah. only thing that I can find when I Google it is an ancestry mm-hmm. uh, link. Mm-hmm. And there she is. She was mm-hmm. born in 1876. Her parents were Jacob Up the Grove and Mary Elizabeth Hopkins. <laughs> is it married. grove
2: or groove? So, like, is she groven or is
1: she groven? So sorry. So the article said up the groove. This one, Ancestry says up the grove. So I'm going to assume. I, I feel like that it's it up, up the, the grove
2: because, like, it's still weird. Right. It's still weird. So, um,
1: she was born in Michigan on May or in May of 1876 and Mary Elizabeth Hopkins was her mom so I don't know who Mary Hopkins could be okay. I don't know who, like they're not saying who these people who are. she is mm-hmm. um, and then there were like these documents in the Ancestry website um, and I go to click on them and you have to pay and I'm okay. too, not paying for that. too poor mm-hmm. um, but uh, there is one document titled Mary Elizabeth Up the Grove fa- Up the Grove found in Ontario Canada marriages 1826 to 1937 oh. so she was in, in Ontario Ontario then there's another um Document called Mary Elizabeth up the Grove found in Texas death certificates. So, so she she died in in Ontario. Okay, went to Texas. So she is somehow related to Sam Hopkins, but I can't quite figure out
2: who, how she is related to him.
1: I'm wondering if it's his sister because they never. They did say that. But she's in Michigan.
2: She was born in Michigan. He wasn't born in Michigan
1: no he wasn't he he was from Ireland like I really don't know how she was a Hopkins I don't know how but she is she is somehow related to Sam maybe a niece
2: maybe could be
1: could have been I really I yeah but the the dates there match up with like the dates here because he was born in 1822 and she was born in in 1856
2: so she's 30 years younger than him
1: yeah, and she was born in New York. Interesting. She, it says, born in New York on, on in June 1856 to James Chester up the Grove.
2: Yeah, so, so maybe his sister married this person. That's not, but Mary's not his sister. So I don't fucking know. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, she's only, I, I don't even know. I don't okay, know. Okay, well,
2: moving along from sure, me- it from seems. These-
1: I also have to say, uh, these people that are, like, listed here, there's, like, family members listed, but it doesn't show how they're related. There are quite a few different Marys and quite a few different Joseph up the groves. So, clearly, these are, like, named after somebody. Anyway, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's somehow related to Hopkins. There was a Mary Hopkins. They're somehow related. Okay. This... so, So, because the key went with Lizzie to Texas, who i don't even know who lizzie is but she's related to mary up the grove yep um this meant that the cemetery board did not have access to hopkins tomb today there is only one living relative of the hopkins family and it's his grandniece or sorry his great-grandniece and she lives in england there's also something very odd about the documents of who is actually inside the tomb Sam and his son's names are missing from the old records that are kept at Oakwood Cemetery's office, but he's definitely in there. Um, It's just really ironic that a man who was so affluent and influential in Port Colburn would not be acknowledged after his death by having his name on those records. Right. The mausoleum itself is a very well-kept building made of large blocks of cut stone, and it is surrounded by a waist-high stone fence. There are two stone columns at the front entrance and two small windows on either side of the tomb, but they've long since been covered. The tomb has seen a lot of vandalism over the decades. The doors have been smashed and the columns were once painted pink by vandals. The inner door of the tomb is made of concrete. There used to be a beautiful bronze grille that would guard the entrance to the tomb. Today in its place is a heavy steel door inside there are six crypts but only five are in use and the people inside are sam hopkins joanne frederick mary and jacob up the groove not sure how they're related again there are many there are many reported ghost stories from hopkins tomb but alongside the ghost stories is said to hold a curse for anyone that approaches it It has had a long history of sightings of ghosts, as well as sounds that seem to come from inside. So just a quick aside, personal little story here. When I was in Muskoka with my uh, aunt and uncle and cousins recently, like a few weeks ago or last week, um... My aunt was asking me about the podcast, and I was like, oh, funny, I'm doing a story from Port Colburn. And she's like, did you know I was born in Port Colburn? Because she's married in. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. And she goes, you should do the story of Hopkins' tomb. And I was like, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No shit. So she was really, really excited. And she told me that a very, very close family friend of theirs, one time he went there and I'll get into like the ritual that you're supposed to do in order to hear the noises or whatever. Okay. Um, he did them all. And he said to them, he was like, I can't even describe to you the noises that I heard that came from inside of that thing. I, Holy like, shit. And he ran away from the cemetery and like, he like refused to go down Lakeshore past the cemetery. Like, he would go around, like, did not want it. any part near of this it place. Anymore. Yeah. 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 So. Um, Sam Hopkins was known by many to have loved his faithful dog. This is a really cute story about the grave. His dog was always by his side. It would even go to parties with him and it is said that today if you're lucky you can see the ghost of his dog sitting on the tomb's front steps guarding his master from predators. It's also been reported that some people have seen Sam walking his dog along the side of the road by the tomb. Some people say that on the night of a full moon, you can hear Sam's dog howling from within the tomb, and others have said that Sam's dog has chased them out of the cemetery. In the early 60s, three, this, this account I saw all over the internet when I was looking at stories for this. In the early 60s, there were three men that smashed the heavy concrete tomb door. One of them walked inside of the tomb. Another one reached a hand into the tomb and the third only stepped in the doorway and found that he could not move any farther. At this point, all three men felt a foreboding presence at the same time and their skin started to tingle. They desperately ran away from the entrance of the tomb and jumped over the fence and ran as far as they could. Within a few months, the first man died in a highway accident. The second man who had only put his arm in the door, he lost his arm in an accident. Oh my and God. the third one that froze lost his leg just below the knee in a motorcycle accident. Jesus. This is right. This is only one of many stories that are told about the curse of Hopkins' tomb. Apparently, the only way to break the curse is to walk around the tomb seven times and knock on the door in passing each time. This was tried by a local teen who found that by the third time, strange loud noises had started coming from inside the tomb, and he started to feel the ground shake. He had a tire iron with him for protection because he was so scared, which is hilarious because, like, what are you going to do to a ghost with a ghost tire that, iron? Yeah. So he threw the tire iron at the door of the tomb and <laughs> ran away. Then he was like, shit, my tire iron. So he when can't he finally, go anywhere without that. No, when he finally mustered the courage to go back for the iron. <laughs> I need to iron my tires. He found it in the bushes a little bit away mm-hmm. from the tomb, so mm-hmm. it wasn't where he had thrown it, and mm-hmm. it was red hot to touch. Oh. Mhm. The cemetery is also a hotbed for sorority and frat initiations. One night a girl that was pledging for a sorority was blindfolded and shut and into the tomb. What
2: fucking university is there?
1: I'm assuming I, I don't know if there's actually Niagara a university College, there, maybe? but I'm yeah I'm thinking about like just the Niagara region. Okay, because it's not far. From <laughs> what all sororities that stuff out there? are in that area? Right? Like, Brock. <laughs> like
2: there's yeah. like three people. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> um, So, she was blindfolded and shut into the tomb. She was hysterically screaming to be let out. She had experienced such a mental shock that it led to a prolonged stay at the psychiatric ward (laughs) of a metropolitan hospital. And years later, she called into a live radio show on Chum FM in Toronto and told her story. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Well, I believe it when
2: they say that.
1: Well, yeah, if they know about Chum FM, I mean, Mm -hmm. come on. (laughs) Another rumor is that Hopkins' ghost would appear at the entrance of the tomb near the spring equinox. According to John Robert Columbo in Mysterious Canada, a group of students had attempted to hold a seance at the tomb during this time, only to be chased off by the irate groundskeeper and caretaker of the cemetery. Awesome. These reports, like all of them, is a testament to one thing. Ghost research and investigation must be done legally and with proper permission. <laughs> it's a given that Hopkins' tomb, ghost or not, is the scene of many silly, thrill-seeking vandals' work and should be respected as a resting place first and foremost. Fair. And that is the story of <laughs> Sam Hopkins' tube.
2: tomb. Neto. Um Mine's about the same length, so... Uh... Cool. I guess we can take a little bit of a breaky break and yeah. maybe you guys can go look up who the fuck um the ancestry of <laughs>
1: Mary up the Grove. Um, Mary up the Grove. If anyone it's, has if anyone has paid for ancestry ten dollars
0: for
2: <laughs> There's just no some more. things I won't pay for, okay? I, I, <laughs>
1: it, it, ancestry.com for a story for the podcast is not one of the things
2: you know what ancestry.com just needs to sponsor the podcast and give us a free subscription code
1: (laughs) then i would have done it
2: (laughs) on that note
1: enjoy a word from our
2: sponsors
3: 18
2: plus. Okay, so as promised for the last two weeks, um, I am going to be doing a story from North Carolina in Winston-Salem, where I was uh, located during my work trip. And it is the story of The Little Red Man. And it's pretty much the most famous story uh, in uh, Winston-Salem. And if you're in there, like if you go there or you're from there, you will immediately say this place has to be haunted. Like it just reeks of old like doesn't reek of old things it just reeks of like old 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 history and character and yeah like it just has like the architecture is very old and it's just where a lot of plantations were and things like that um so this isn't that kind of story but it's just basically um it's an old story from the old Salem village and gardens in Winston-Salem so uh, I got my information from postandcourier.com, uh, northcarolinaghosts.com, and northcarolinaroom.wordpress.com. All right. And uh, the story is takes place at the single brother's house, or just the brother's house is what people refer to it, and lo- located in the historic old Winston-Salem and gardens in Winston-Salem. This home in the reconstructed old Moravian village was once home to one of North Carolina's most beloved ghosts. Salem was originally settled by members of the Moravian Church, a Protestant denomination that first began in 1457 in the kingdoms of Bohemia and Moravia, which are now part of the Czech Republic. Persecuted for their unorthodox beliefs, the Moravians sought refuge in the New World, first settling in Savannah, Georgia in 1735. The congregation moved to Pennsylvania in 1740, where they grew and founded several towns with the biblical names of Bethlehem, Nazareth, and Littids. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Still growing. <laughs> yeah. Still growing and facing increasing pressure from the communities of Pennsylvania, they search for a new community to call home. The Moravians purchased the site of Salem from Lord Proprietor and Earl of Granville, John Carteret, in 1753. Members of the community moved from Pennsylvania to begin construction on their new home. Love those Amish homes, no I'm kidding um, I don't know if they're <laughs> they not Amish bones. they're Moravians they've got great members of the community moved from Pennsylvania to begin construction and founded as a religious community the town was strictly controlled by the church and any members who were found disobeying the rules would face exile as the nation around them grew the community gradually drifted away from its strict observance and the Moravians became assimilated into mainstream culture The original settlement of Old Salem is now a living history museum where visitors can see and experience the life as lived by 18th and 19th century Moravians and taste the crispy delight of the distinctive Moravian sugar cookies. Now, part of the museum, Brothers House, was originally used as a communal house for unmarried men in the Moravian settlement. Moravians have a strong tradition of keeping excellent records, so there's an unusually detailed account of how the ghost of the little red man uh, came to be. The late, great North Carolina folklorist Richard Wolser quotes the record at length in his invaluable and highly recommended book, North Carolina Legends. On March 25th, 1786, a shoemaker named Andreas Kresmer was killed while excavating a new foundation for an addition to the brother's house. Kresmer was born on March 7, 1753 and lived in Bethlehem and in Nazareth before coming to North Carolina. Um, and he is currently buried in God's Acre at Old Salem. So one night while working late into the night around midnight, brother Kresmer was caught beneath a falling bank of earth. He passed away just a few hours later. Um, Just before going to the excavation on March 25th, 1786, he went to the festal services of his choir and congregation, and they say that he was acting quiet all day. The next day was the day of the excavation. About half past 11, he was warned by a brother who saw him kneeling while working, according to the history books. According to one account, during the night, the single brethren had an unusual and sorrowful experience. Some days ago, they began digging the cellar for the addition to their house, and several brethren were working there in the evenings without charge, and they were doing it this evening after service. The brethren were using this method, which expedited the digging and which had worked well so far. That is, they had undermined a part of the bank, and then they would break it off above the ridges. Several brethren had noticed that on the side where they were now working, the soil was sandy and loose, and they doubted the advisability of using the above-mentioned method and warned against it. Few of the brethren who were working there could see the danger, but most of them took every care, especially when the warning was repeated. When a rather long section had been undermined, the brother who had been stationed above on guard noticed that it was breaking off its own weight and quickly gave the alarm. This was around midnight. Kresmer was a small man, and he was wearing a red cap when the bank caved in on him. And most of the brethren uh, uh, below, were uh, they avoided the falling earth, but to their horror, two of the men were covered, including Andreas Kresmer and Joseph Dixon. Um, Joseph Dixon was only covered to his armpits, and they were able to pull him out of the, the soil. Unfortunately, Kresmer had been buried alive, and he was speaking and complaining of pain but his leg was broken and a few hours later a doctor went to go see him and it was just he was just too far gone. Mm -hmm. So everyone was very upset about this apparently he was a very kind and playful man. Kresman was also known to be sort of a prankster and for years afterwards strange sounds that resembled the tap of a shoemaker's hammer were heard throughout the house and a small man wearing a red cap like the one Brother Cresman had been wearing when he died was also seen scurrying through the halls. It was seen for years, even after the brother's house had been converted into a home for Moravian widows. One of the most famous encounters with the little red man happened then. Little Betsy, the granddaughter of a widow who lived in the house, is said to have met the ghost and gotten along splendidly with him. Little Betsy had been left deaf from an early childhood illness, but she could still speak. She knew nothing of the ghost or the accident, but one day, while visiting her grandmother, she rushed in from the garden and told of a small man wearing a red cap who had beckoned her to come out and play. Years passed and many people were shown the cellar, and the little red man appeared as they tried to catch him with no success, while the phantom grinned at them from the doorway. And then they noted in the documentation about it that these citizens were not addicted to alcohol or anything else. So just to confirm that these people who gave the account (laughs) were not uh, were of sound mind. Right. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now, according to legend, the little man's appearances were brought to rest when he made an ill-advised appearance before a prominent member of the community who was showing an important visitor around the cellar. The visitor was shocked to discover such a disreputable supernatural goings-on in a respectable Moravian home. It's (laughs) never good to show up the boss, it said, and a a minister was called in to lay the ghost to rest, which apparently worked. But it still seems everywhere you go in Winston-Salem, you hear a story about Kresmer. In Ghosts of Old Salem and Other Tales by Richard Starbuck from the Moravian Archives at the Forsyth County Library, it is reported that in the Advent season, a candle tea is held annually in the house, and some folks have been scared because of unexplained noises. Afterwards, unusual sounds were heard at night, like a tap, tap, tapping of a shoemaker's hammer and they would say, there's Kremser. One Davidson County man said he was playing Kremser for a Halloween event in the cellar at Holt Salem, and he was donning a red hat, and between tours he was alone and heard the tapping. Although Kremser's spirit has passed on from this world, it seems as though his antics have still stayed behind, as a light-hearted, jovial ghost of Winston-Salem's past. See, there really are good ghosts out there. So that's that's Aww. just the, the story of the little red man. And it's really not like a ooh uh, kind yeah. of like scary story. It's just like a guy who really just died in a horrific kind of sad tragic way and was just like, guys, I'm not ready to go. I still want to fuck around. That's a really cute one. I don't know why they call him the little red man. Little red I guess man. it's just it, he's just wearing a red hat. But yeah cute that's a cutie and yeah like people in the area would frequently go on ghost tours and like see how you know how we go to like the local kind of like saint joseph's and see how they live and all that kind of stuff like they do that there as well and a lot of people like this little man is like a well well well-known like folk tale throughout the the children at the schools and things like that so that's um, really cute. i'm sure there are more local stories about it but i didn't do any investigative journalism while i was there so sure sure yeah
1: cute cute all
2: right well i guess we can just move on to our fuck mary kills we can indeed i'm really sad we didn't do leo's this this last month but uh oh i know the virgos will have to just take they'll the have, have to do i mean one. we're
1: both in love with two
2: i guess virgos. so i
1: guess um Jesus. so i or you decided you texted me and you said that you were going to do famous virgo canadians and i was like that sounds fantastic so mm-hmm. uh the three that i have found were tegan quinn sarah quinn of tegan and sarah, okay okay and the third one is devon sawa
2: Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to sleep with Devin Sawa,
1: okay, yeah, that I would have done the same.
2: I'm going to m- marry Tegan because she's the first one of the Tegan and the Sarah. <laughs> And most likely the most popular and potentially has the most money. I don't know. Oh my God, I love that. Okay. And Sarah, I guess, is just going to get the axe for just being second in second axe. fiddle. Okay. That's it. That's all, okay. that's all I got for that. I don't I'm know. Good. I have no, I can't. I have no information on those two individuals to sway me in any way. But <laughs> no. sorry, Sarah.
1: Hey, that's all right.
2: Also, I don't like the way she spells her name.
1: Fair enough. There should be an H. There should, there should be, should an, be H. an H.
2: It's just too short.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I like the name Teagan. So yeah, it's a good one. It's I think I would do the same. I think mm-hmm. I would actually. I, I don't know though. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think I'd I would probably pick the same because I think that mm-hmm. Teagan sang on a song with the reason. Oh, there you go. Okay. Whichever one, whichever one sang on the song with the reason is the one. It doesn't help that they're twins. Getting and we don't know the difference between them. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: (laughs) And we don't know the difference.
2: Oh my god. Okay. Twins lander over here. Right. (laughs)
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, my turn. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm gonna do some pretty hot commodities in the Canadian celebrity group. And Mm -hmm. that is Shania Twain, Michael Buble, and Keanu Reeves. Okay. So I I cannot kill Keanu Reeves and I cannot
1: kill Shania Twain. So Michael Buble is dying. I agree. Um, He's dying. I'm going to have sex with Keanu Reeves and I'm going to marry Shania Twain.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I might have sex with Shania Twain and marry Keanu Reeves. Okay. Okay. I think Keanu Reeves would make an excellent husband. I know. Right? I think that he'd just be like a very endearing person to live your life with. And I feel like Shania Twain is a fucking hottie. And she is. I she just. Would, she's, she's. She's. Her body is like primo. Yes.
1: <laughs> she would be a lot of fun to Sorry, be married Shania, to, I, though. Objectifying <laughs> this objectifying. wonderful <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> um. She would, but I feel like she would be a lot of fun to be married to. Like you would always be having fun with her.
2: Yeah, I mean, she really likes horses. I feel yeah. like she'd just be doing her horse stuff all the time. I'm in. I'm a horse girl, I'm all, baby. You're horse. <laughs> I'm, sti- I'm sticking with my books. decision, though. I would definitely sleep with her, and Keanu Reeves is my my husband. I respect it. Do you respect it? Okay, cool. I do. Awesome. Well, um, that's. That's our, our first episode back. Five year anniversary episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, guys, if you haven't checked out our new episode art, please do. Uh, mm-hmm. Let us know how you feel about it. Um, if you don't like it, don't say anything. And <laughs> also, I noticed that um, we're, we've been getting a lot of five star. We've been getting five star review, but we're not getting enough reviews lately. So if you listen to our podcast and you love us, Please write a review. Let us know because the more reviews, the better. Um, The more five stars, the better. It'll offset that time in our history where we didn't know how to edit a podcast.
1: Yeah, that would be really nice. Um, And I don't know (laughs) if people know this, but like rating a podcast is great. But like the writing of the review is the writing of the review is is so important. Um, And then as we get more visibility, then people will want to be on our show, which means we get to bring you more fun guests and stuff like that. So, yeah, just something to think about. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, um, that's it. That's showbiz, baby. Yeah. And stay
1: spooky, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.